Naples we would go every every time, but I just I personally, and no offense to anyone, I just didn't like the the gumminess of it all. I want I want texture. An Italian Canadian boy who grew up visiting Naples as a kid, but when it came time to open his own place in Montreal, he opted to alter that Neapolitan original and create something a little more substantial. We'll hear his story and discover why his intimate pizza place has become one of the best in Quebec. He and his pizzaiolo show me their process from beginning to end. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome to another edition of Pizza City, everybody. Great to have you back for another show. Uh, We are doing shows every other Friday, just in case you didn't know. Um, You can also get our show, by the way, the day before it comes out to the public on the Himalaya app. So if you haven't now downloaded uh, the Himalaya app, that's a really easy way to get the show 24 hours before everybody else does. Just in case you're craving pizza and you just can't get enough before the weekend. Um, This weekend, we are heading to Montreal. I was uh, up in Montreal a month or two ago for the Enlumiere Festival. It's a winter carnival they have uh, every February. And I'll say that they do a great job with the programming. There's all kinds of uh, theater and and music and and light shows going on. It is an awfully cold time to be up there. Uh, One thing I remember, I mean, I grew up in Minnesota and lived in Chicago for 25 years, so I'm used to winter. But, you know, they don't, I don't know if they don't salt the sidewalks ever or they didn't that week, but it was extremely difficult to navigate your way around Montreal in the wintertime. It's also, it was super cold. And I'm saying that as a Chicagoan. But anyway, I digress. Um, A lot of times when you go to Montreal, people spend most of the time, I think, downtown, kind of like in Chicago, you come and you spend your your time in a very uh, condensed area. You don't really get into the neighborhoods very much if you don't have a car. And I found that um, on this last visit to Montreal, I kept getting in a cab and going up on the plateau, kind of up this this enormous hill um, to Mile End and this other interesting neighborhood called Mile X, where there's a great place called Manitoba that I went and had a sandwich and a drink at. And you end up getting away from the downtown core a lot. So I would recommend either finding an inn or a B&B or even an Airbnb um, up on the plateau because I don't think you're going to be spending a lot of time downtown in that uh, sort of major tourist hotel area. And I ended up going up to see Michele Forgione, who's got a couple of restaurants up in, in Little Italy, which is about a 15-minute cab ride from downtown. And he's um, he's got an amazing snack shop there called Chez Toussignon. And I know my French is terrible, and I apologize for the mispronunciation, but it is a casse-croute, which is a sort of a snack shop from the 50s. And these were really popular in Quebec uh, back in the day. And what he has done with his executive chef is kind of reinvent it and make everything from scratch. And I mean everything, hot dogs, hamburgers, buns. I mean, the hot dogs, they're, they're emulsifying, they're smoking, they're encasing. Um, the, the burgers are fantastic. They're kind of crispy on the edges, pressed down on the, on the flat griddle. Um, really beautiful poutine, even though I'm not a huge poutine fan or poutine, as they say there. Um, they do just a, a wonderful job with the gravy and the curds. So um, I first met 
I first met Mikolay up there, and we had a snack, and we were talking about the business, and then we walked about five, ten minutes to his pizza place called Pizzeria Gemma. And Gemma is a really, it is a little gem, actually. It's a great little joint um, in Little Italy if you wanted an artisan pizza. Um, they don't do the wood-fired. They want to have a little more control um, with the heating, and they really, really take the pizza seriously. They're curing all their meats and their sausages and just really taking an artisan approach to making pizza. So we started uh, with where exactly his pizza place is located in relation to most of the downtown hotels in Montreal. You'll have the downtown core, then you move into the plateau, myland, little Italy. And across the street is Impasto, which is your fancier Italian place? Yeah, more fine dining, you know, all the salumi, you know, the prosciuttos and stuff like that are made in-house, the pastas and the breads and the meats and the butchery and the whole thing. More fine dining Italian. Your partner Stefano Faita. Yeah, Stefano Faita, been on TV personality, been on TV for 16 years now, a figure in Canada and Quebec, uh, cookbooks and the whole thing. And uh, we got together close to... Uh, Eight years ago, when we got to really know each other and his, yeah. So, so why did you decide to do pizza then? When I was 18 years old, I, uh, my dad passed away. My mom got me a job at my, her uncle, my great uncle's old school Italian bakery. And uh, long story short, my uncle came here in 59. He worked for Italian bakers. And then he worked later on for Isaac's Bagels for this Jewish man that he worked for for decades and back in 72 73 he bought this jewish bakery that made hungarian style breads the pumpernickels rye breads and he, but he, obviously he's italian right my uncle mario and he opened a little pizza shop in the front so he had at the end and then because he sold but he still owns the building he had this forty thousand square foot building making all these jewish style breads and bagels he had 14 wood burning bagel ovens at the height but in the front he had an old school pizzeria old school and uh, that's where I started when I was 18 years old so my career before even entering uh, culinary school was at my uncle's uh, pizzeria and was that a wood-burning oven too no it was not it was an old school garland 1960s gas-powered deck oven and it, it was like those big 20-inch pies. So yeah, I mean, my parents being born in Avellino, which is like uh, 35, 45 minutes east of Naples, I, from the age of five till 13 years old, every single summer was spent in Southern Italy. So that was my childhood, lucky me. I mean, you come into this with not only the DNA, but yeah. really the sort of that, like the 10,000 hours of exposure that helps a lot of people yeah. before anybody else goes to culinary school. So in the 80s, I grew up in Italy. Period. I mean, and we traveled, we were very well traveled. My dad worked at the airport, so we would travel everywhere for free. My heart was in, uh, in pizza. And was it, but, but your memory, was it Neapolitan and wet and sloppy, or was it Roman and kind of crispy and crunchy? Yeah, so my memory was more, so we would stay in Puglia, the heel of Italy, so it was a lot more crunchy, crispy. Uh, there was more bake to it because not far away is the famous city of Altamura where you have those legendary breads made with semolina flour and stuff like that. So they loved the dark, you know, the, the extra bake. N Naples, we would go every, every time, but I just, I personally, and no offense to anyone, I just didn't like the, the gumminess of it all. I want, I want texture. So I wanted to have total control. I said, if I'm going to have to do this, 
I'm going to go get a nice, beautiful oven from the north of Italy where um, everything is controlled, top and bottom, and I can control the decks. It's like Castelli makes a handmade oven that exactly. Boncia uses. So, yeah, mine is a Moretti. Castelli Moretti, uh, you have... Uh, so you control the deck and above. Yeah, Pauline, another great family, you know, so you have all these... Uh, uh, it's family-owned, and I, I'm cranking it at 700 Fahrenheit. I didn't want to go uh, hotter than that because I wanted that crisp. I appreciate you, by the way, using Fahrenheit, even though we're in Canada yeah, right now, because yeah, yeah. I don't know how to convert it to Celsius. No, 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 no. That's it. No, no. It's Fahrenheit. So we have like a hotter uh, ceiling and a lower uh, the bottom, and it gives oh, wait, us... Oh, so it's what, 700 above, but what's no, it? Seven, so I got 700 Fahrenheit, 9 on the top and two on the bottom. So basically what happens is that I'm getting more of a char on top and the bottom it gets just like, you know, you're gonna see, you know, the undercarriage, you know, you're gonna have all those nice bubbles, but it's not gonna be black. It's just gonna be like perfect. So. And then how do you approach your dough? What's your dough situation? So <laughs> that changed so many times. So the dough is, uh, we're, uh, we're milling fresh soon. It's gonna start, we're doing our tests now. I got a good old Canadian flour, uh, untreated, unbromated. We have a starter that was given to us by Chris Bianco about three years ago that we switched over to a biga, a pulish. Oh, for people who don't know, Chris Bianco is kind of a legend in pizza circles. He started, he's a New Yorker, but he started really his career down in Phoenix. Um, and Pizzeria Bianco is still down there today. He's got a line now, I think, of tomato sauce. He's doing the Bianco tomatoes. But so he gave you, how did this work? Did you have so to like bribe him? Or? Is that a good friend of ours, Derek Damon from Maison Publique, uh, they were doing an event at his restaurant and he said, and we were closed for on vacation. He goes, Mike, I don't have, um, I don't have the ovens. I don't have the capabilities. I don't have the big mixers. Are you open? Like, can you like receive my guests? They go, yeah, well, listen, I mean, we're closed for vacation. Why don't you come in? And who comes in? Chris Bianco. I was like, what? I can't, I, can't, I can't believe it. So he made this dough with like freshly melted flour and this beautiful like 82%. I'll never forget 82% hydration. Um, wow. And Derek had this beautiful like little wood burning oven on the sidewalk. Uh, and I attended the whole, uh, the whole evening. Uh, it, it was magical. So I, I got to spend two whole days with Chris Bianco. Um, and at the end, he gave me uh, 500 grams of, uh, of a starter, and he says, take it. And, uh, and that's it. And that literally keeps getting you feeding that here every I day. Get, yeah, because basically at the beginning, like, we made this, he told us, you know, like, make your dough, put it in, and then if you don't want to, like, go crazy or whatever and keep on feeding your starter, just turn it into a biga. So basically, you, you put it in, you make your dough, you take a kilo out per batch, you store it in the fridge. The next day you take it and you put it back. And you always keep on putting, taking out, putting on, taking out. That beautiful bacteria, that, that liveliness of, of, of the starter is going to stay there and it's going to continue feeding. And the dough, so we opened 2015. I believe it came in 2016. It got better and better and better. We may, now we have starters in the company because we make all our breads at Impasto. And sometimes we make breads here and we have our own starter, but we kept that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Mikolai is going to tell us how he makes a pizza. We're going to talk about the toppings, everything made in-house, which is extremely rare as well. And then we're going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us.
Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are in Montreal this week talking with Michele Forgione at uh, Pizzeria Gemma, which is up in Little Italy. And in the last segment, we were talking about kind of how you got into this. Uh, Impostos across the street. This is kind of the next evolution. You've always wanted to make pizzas. You know, spent a lot of time in Italy. Uh, but when it comes to actually um, putting the toppings on here, you guys make everything, including the pepperoni. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, it, was, it was a decision that I took when I was at Impasto because we make all our own uh, salumi, our cold cuts, our charcuterie. And then when we came here, uh, Anthony obviously was making them next door, our chef, and he said, let's make everything. And I said, really? Like, because I'm not going to be on the line. Right. You're going to be there. You're the, I mean, that's, you're the chef de cuisine. You're the guy. Everything. We don't have a lot of room. It's okay. We're going to make it work. So imagine, for everybody that's listening, it's just 400 square feet. That's all it is. Yeah, we're sitting back in the kitchen now. Anthony's here, fortunately. Yeah. Your mise en place is really impressive, yeah. too. I mean, look at this. Man, you've got everything lined up here. Anthony, what, what's going on over here? Well, these are all our ingredients for all of our pizzas. Well, most of them. We got a, we were, when we were opening up, we were trying to figure out how the refrigeration would work. So we decided to build an actual stainless steel section. This is custom built, designed by us. Let's build one, I guess. Sure. Um, Mikla, maybe come over on this side. You, yeah. you told me about the dough in the last segment. Um, you start with, a, you got a biga. Yeah, so the uh, Canadian flour, uh, more of an all-purpose, but a bit stronger than that. A bit of a higher hydration compared to your Neapolitan style. So we're hovering around 60, 61%. It's overnight, though, in, in balls? So yeah, and then we're going to cold ferment. It can go up to 48 to 72 hours being like the perfect. I mean, and if we open up this dough box, I can tell right away that these are about 48 48 hours, it looks like. Yeah. Sauce is uh, just, there's two types of uh, tomatoes that we use that we combine together and salt. The Alta Cucinas, I see those, yeah. yeah. And then the salt, that's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah, because as you know, every ingredient, for me anyways, needs to shine. And so Anthony's stretching out this dough now and with 60% moisture and two days or so of rest, yeah. it doesn't take him that long to stretch it? At all. I mean, it's the gluten is completely relaxed. It opens perfectly and uh, it does exactly what we wanted to do. I love how he just eyeballs it. He knows exactly where he is. Yeah. Okay, so sauce is next, I'm guessing. Yep. You're gonna build something basic. You don't have to go crazy, but just let's see uh, a basic pie. Pepperoni, yeah. so you can try our, uh, our pepperoni pizza. Sure. It's, uh, it's a little bit of texture to it. It's not very, it's not puree. There's a little yeah, bit of we texture. Like, uh, we like to leave some pulpiness to it so that we, we use like a low speed on our hand blender so that it doesn't totally puree everything and it, it avoids blending up the, the seeds of the tomato to let out all the acidity of the, the seeds. Pecorino Romano? Pecorino. Imported, obviously. Some uh, Quebec made uh, buffalo mozzarella. And I don't usually see like the bulk of this uh, from this container is in it's pretty rough and jagged it's not like these perfect balls well we break up the balls and we put them in a, a strainer container so all that excess juice comes out because or else it'll make a, a puddle of cheese water on your pizza that is so important guys a lot of people don't take this extra step to drain it that's and they complain yeah, they say so it's too wanna, wet like Anthony says the juice the way the way needs all that excess way has to like you know like or else it would end up on your pizza and it would make it like very soggy and stuff like that so it's every step you know what i mean that's so important so your so your pepperoni here about an inch or so across it's embedded with is there what's in there fennel or no Andoni? it's a bunch it's it's a mix of spices there's some fennel some coriander uh, some mustard seed the uh, paprika cayenne salt pepper the big trend in America now is the cup and char from yep. Etzo Sausage. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, we're going to be getting that more at the new place 
This was not, I mean. What is the new place? The new place is a trattoria. So old school, Italian, Canadian or Italian American. The soul of it, trattoria is my grandfather when he came here and he couldn't get, you know, like the Parmigiano and stuff like that. We grew up with that Italian American, Italian Canadian cuisine, right? This is a Moretti Forni oven. Yes. 700. And about, I'm going to guess, three, four minutes? Two and a half. Two, two and a half minutes. That's it. Okay. And this is, you have much more control with this than a fire because the fire is just, sometimes it burns too hot and then you get the unevenness and then the middle soggy. And and the other thing that's important for me, and I got to say this, is between you and me, does wood fire really impart flavor in 90 seconds? No, only if it's in there for like four or five minutes, right? Exactly. Yeah. That was just a, a matter of fuel that they had in Naples back in the 1700s. The laborers would come. They needed to eat like now. Eat and out. Was there gas? No. Was there electric? No. It was that. Low and slow barbecue? Yes. You're going to have the smoke ring and all that. You're going to have that taste. But 90 seconds, no one can convince me. There's no way that it tastes better. There's, it, right. So is there, do you guys take liberties with the pizza here? Are you traditional or do you add uh, Quebecois? You know, do you do Chef Noir? Do you anything that's like... Liberties. Liberties because every month we have a chef of the month that comes here. We bring them in and they have their liberties. They can go crazy. I mean, we had Martin Picard. Back. So that's, a, that's a, I'm guessing, foie and maple syrup and... And, tor- and tortellinis. Handmade. We had to make handmade tortellinis. And uh, uh, like, a, uh, like a pasta fagioli sauce okay. with foie gras and finished with arugula. Yeah, maple bacon. Oh, maple bacon. So maple bacon on it. Uh, finished with an arugula lemon, like preserved lemon salad on top. It was. Uh, but there, do you guys agree that there's a law of diminishing return? Like you, you, you can't have too much on a pizza, especially one that is thin. Even though yeah. you got a lot of moisture here, exactly. you two or three ingredients max. Pops, and that's it. I mean. Every single ingredient has to shine. So yeah. well, I can already see it. So Anthony's checking it. Oh, yep. Look at there. The blistering is already starting. There's a little leopard spotting. Halfway through, we uh, we turn it uh, 180, just so that it. No, no matter what you do, you always have some hot spots in the oven. So the center of the oven is always the hotter part of it. So you you spin it halfway. So it evenly cooks the, the pizza. And you don't need to have that bottom set so high because it's stone, that exactly. porousness will pull moisture, right? And it's a, it holds heat so well. Exactly. So, I mean, the way this oven is built, it's a refractory stone and the actual resistors are drilled into the stone and that's how you control the bottom and the top. You guys do sausage. Oh, here it comes. Because um, like in Chicago, we're known for bulk sausage, yeah. pinched and pressed, we lots of fennel. Rock. If we raw. put sausage, we're putting it raw. Yeah, like this one. Which is what, you know, they don't do in New York. No. But yeah, the raw with the fennel and, yeah. Exactly. This is a zampina style, so it's from Bari. You have half lamb and half pork in this sausage. And we're going to ha- we're gonna put zampina, we're going to put um, rapini, and uh, ricotta salata on it. Beautiful. We can I'm make that after. I'm going to get a picture of this pizza. It looks beautiful. I'm so going to get a picture it. of that. That's fantastic. So that's... that's um, and interesting, this pepperoni has kind of curled up a little bit. It does. It cups. Yep, it does cup. It doesn't doesn't char though. Is no. that just because of the temperature of the oven? Exactly, and it's only it's only two minutes and a half, right? So in the new place, we're gonna have an old school marsal, and that we're looking at five six minutes, and you're gonna get more char. All right, char would be nice on the pepperoni. Yeah, yeah it would be, but it does not. <laughs> this has great flavor though. Yeah. Oh, the buffalo mozzarella. Thank you. 
That's delicious. Yeah, it's a family-owned machocha family. Uh, everything's made artisanally. 45 minutes away from here, literally 45 minutes away from here. But the crust is just yeah. the integrity of this crust. Yeah. Um, because it bakes a little bit longer, there's a little bit more integrity yeah. here. You don't you have a little bit of tip sag, but not, yeah. not nearly what you'd have like with a Neapolitan. You can easily fold this, yeah. barely fold it, and it holds its shape. And um, nice leopard spotting, a couple of uh, char domes. I love that, too. This is delicious pizza. One question I ask a lot of the pizza makers for this show is, uh, you've gone through so much research and development to create this pizza now that you have, that you make all the time. If you could tell yourself, I guess, one bit of advice you know, 10 years ago before you started going down this rabbit hole of making pizza, what would that be? What did you really learn um, that's made you a better pizza maker? The, uh, the best ingredients. I mean, it was just sourcing out the best ingredients. That's what it is. And don't shy, just because a pizza, it's a pizza, it doesn't mean that it has to be inferior. You know what I mean? A lot of people, we all, we all went out till two, three in the morning and stopped at the shop and have a slice of pizza. And you know, at two, three in the morning after having a few drinks and all that, it's delicious no matter what. But there's no reason why you can't invest uh, in getting the best of the best and treating it like a world-class dish. Come see uh, Anthony and come see Mikola and come to Gemma, Pizzeria Gemma here in Little Italy and have yourself a fantastic pizza. Guys, thanks so much. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you. Coming up in two weeks, a visit with one of Chicago's legendary names behind one of the best tavern-style pizzas in town. I mean, I saw all the day-to-day -day and, you know, the, the dispatching and the cutting and the making the pizzas and... You know, everything to do with that, but actually making the dough, I had to go and learn all of that on my own, and thank God we had a great staff that would help do it or did it and walked me through it repeatedly. The third generation owner of Pat's Pizza in Chicago talks about how her grandfather started the business and why tourists mostly go for deep dish, while tavern style is the type of pizza Chicagoans actually eat. That's in two weeks on May 10th. Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or the Himalaya app. And please review us. And by us, of course, I mean me, since I produce today's show again. You can follow us on at Pizza City USA on Instagram. On Twitter, it's at Pizza City Tours. And speaking of tours, you should take one the next time you're in Chicago. More info about those and how to get my book at PizzaCityUSA.com. You can send compliments or complaints to me on all social media at Steve Delinsky, and that's S-K-Y. A bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song, and next time you're in Chicago, check out Revival Food Hall in The Loop Monday through Friday only. There's a pop-up going on there every three months, a new pizzeria from a different uh, neighborhood in Chicago. Currently, it is My Pie, which does a fantastic deep dish that uh, has really been around since 1971. Thanks for listening, everybody, and remember, optimal bite ratio, always. Thank you.